You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 25. Well, hey there, welcome back to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and as always, I am honored and grateful that you are allowing me to spend a little bit of your day with you. This episode is sponsored by my free masterclass. I'm going to share with you my game-changing PMO strategy using my six-step framework to help you create or accelerate your successful PMO. Whether you're starting your PMO for the first time or in rescue mode and need to get your PMO back on track, or you just want to ensure that your PMO is delivering as much value as possible, this training will help you get to the heart of what actually makes a difference, where you should start, and how you can accelerate your PMO performance to deliver high impact outcomes, not just outputs, for your organization. If you've been thinking or feeling that you're in PMO survival mode, then I assure you we are going to shift gears and get your PMO thriving. Join me at pmostrategies.com forward slash setup. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash setup. Today, we are talking about a very important topic that applies to every single one of us at some point or another. We're talking about how to avoid burnout or recover from it if you're already experiencing burnout while achieving your goals, especially your big, hairy, audacious goals as we start getting closer to the end of the year. And there's no one better to talk about this topic with us today than my dear friend, Beth Genley. Beth is a Yale-educated coach and speaker at the heart of her company, Burnout Solutions. She's co-author of the groundbreaking book, Save Yourself from Burnout, A System to Get Your Life Back. And it is so, so good. Beth supports hardworking professionals who are really killing it and nearly killing themselves in the process, supporting them to build a life that optimizes their careers and their well-being. Beth, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the program. Laura, I'm just thrilled to be here. Thank you. All right. So Beth, before we dive in, I would love it if you could tell the audience a little bit more about you, because I know you, I know your story and your background, and I just think you are absolutely fabulous and have oh. so much goodness to share with this audience. But before we dive in, can you tell them a little bit more about who you are and how you got to this place and running Burnout Solutions? Sure. So so it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. Mm-hmm. I was actually a French major in college. Then I worked in corporate for a while because being a French major doesn't really prepare you for anything uh, <laughs> in this country. And uh, I, I thought that I wanted to go to the top in my area in corporate, but I'd get home at night and I'd think, you know, if this company slid into the ocean tonight, I wouldn't look back. You know, Mm. I had fun all day at work, but I didn't really care. And then somehow 
I heard a nurse midwife interviewed on the radio and thought, that's it. That's what I want to be when I grow up. So that's why I went to Yale. I did a, a program for non-nurse college graduates, which was, oh my goodness, so intense. That was my first experience with burnout, which is unfortunately common for grad school. But anyway, I got through it and I loved my work. I loved being a nurse midwife more than I can possibly tell you. There's something about receiving a newborn into your hands wow. and watching that child take its first breath in your hands. Wow. It's, it's beyond great. There is, there is no higher high for me. And I knew I wanted to die with my boots on. I thought, this is just it. I will do this forever. Mm -hmm. And you know, even when my pager would wake me up in the middle of the night, which it often did, because that's the nature of the work, I'd be like, oh, I get to do this. Oh, I'm so excited. And, you know, driving in, I was just thrilled. And, you know, my kids were growing up and it was hard on my whole family. And mm -hmm. I felt bad about that. But I loved my work. But I got to the point where when my pager went off at three in the morning, I wanted to fling the damn thing out the window. Wow. And when I was driving to work, I would see the sign for the lottery. You know, I don't even buy lottery tickets, but I'd see the sign for the lottery and how many million dollars you could win this, this month. And, and I'd start to cry because I didn't even know what I would do that I could be happy doing that wasn't this. And mm -hmm. I think maybe I could just like run off the road and wreck my car and break my leg so I wouldn't have to go to work. It was crazy. Wow. It was crazy. So I tried really hard. I stuck with it for years when I was feeling that way. And I finally quit. I quit my career. It caused me a lot of grief, quite literally grief. And I spent the next 10 years or so trying to figure out what happened to me and going through the medical literature on burnout to say, how does this happen to people? And how can I help people who love their work and are great at what they do and are making a huge difference in the world? How can I help them stay with it like I was unable to do? And that's how I ended up with Burnout Solutions. So that's, that's sort of kind of the short version. <laughs> Wow. And it's so true that many of us start businesses based on our own experiences and yes. going through a journey like that and surviving uh, a journey in a process like that. And then once you figured it out, you want to share that with others and you want others to see that solution and not experience the pain you experienced, right? Absolutely. And as a nurse, where I went was to the medical literature and I discovered that there were 40 years of studies on burnout, and there's still lots more of them being published. So there was a lot of material to draw from that I had just missed. And mm. because they don't publish those studies in uh, OBGYN journals, they publish them elsewhere. So right. I had missed them while I was working. But this that's what my all my work is based on is the is this research. That's great. That's great. And you know, that point really resonates with me of the having the experiences, finding a better solution, and then wanting to share that with everybody you possibly can. That's mm -hmm. literally why I built my company, PMO Strategies. It's why I do this podcast. It's why I offer so many, so many free training programs and webinars and the um, more advanced programs that I offer is all because I've been there. I've done that. When I first started 
doing PMOs. It was 1999 and you couldn't just Google how to set up a PMO and get the answers. There weren't that many books. And if there were books, a lot of them were so heavy and technical, it just overwhelmed me completely. And mm -hmm. so I felt like there had to be a better way. And then once I uncovered those better ways, and then I saw others of my peers struggling, I was like, this is ridiculous. I know how to do this. Let me help you. And <laughs> <laughs> Don't go through the headaches and the pain that I've been through. And the same thing applies here with burnout. I feel like it's a constant battle for me personally not to get burned out. And it's because I feel so strongly about this work. The work is so personal for me. So for yes. me running my company, serving my students, I just had another group coaching call for the Impact Engine PMO training program I do. My big signature program. And I just feel so attached to these students. I feel their pain when they're experiencing pain. I feel their frustrations and I just want to help them. And unfortunately, what that means is that I will go overboard with wanting to serve and wanting to do more and wanting to give back more and wanting to create a new thing and wanting to get more content out to them and wanting to solve their problems. I can get burnout myself. So mm -hmm. I completely understand that whole concept. And it's something I work on regularly. And when I learned about your stuff and when I saw your speech and all of your content, and of course you were part of the PMO Impact Summit this year, it was just light bulbs went off for me. And it's really helped me think through better ways to avoid burnout, especially when you've got big goals you're trying to accomplish. And I feel like that's where our PMO leaders, those that, and all of our folks that are listening to this podcast they probably clicked on it because it said burnout <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's something they're experiencing. And PMO leaders in particular, I think, really struggle with all the things they have to accomplish and trying to accomplish those big goals while dealing with burnout and trying to find a balance. And that can play out in, especially this time of year, right? Because they might have an annual plan that they have for their PMO and certain things that have to get accomplished. And those things always seem to take longer to accomplish than the time we've allowed for them. Sometimes I feel like we're our own worst enemy. We're really good at planning, but then we really have what I call Thanksgiving eyes. And then we just want to add more to our plates and more to our plates. And there's no way we or our organization can digest it all. Right. So you've got <laughs> people, high achievers. These are high achievers. These are what I call impact drivers. These PMO leaders and those wanting to leverage the power of project management to make a big impact want to make a big impact. So they've got so much to do and they've got so many different people that they're trying to serve. So many PMO leaders and project managers are being pulled in too many directions at once. For example, I just had one student say this morning, I am a one person PMO and I've gotten finally some budget to hire people but I'm in the middle of running five big projects while I'm building out this PMO and while I'm trying to do all these other things. And oh, by the way, we're getting ready to go into the holidays. And so now my personal life alone is enough to drive burnout, right? So that's kind of the state that this group is in, the, you know, my, my impact drivers. That's what they're experiencing, wanting to make an impact, wanting to have some big goals, wanting to really show value in the organization. And some of them might be under tons of pressure to do so before next budget cycle, right? So all mm -hmm. that pressure is going on. And, um, and then we add, of course, the holidays and the normal chaos that that brings, and they're just exhausted. And some of them are probably burnout. I got to tell you, for me, I didn't really recognize that I was burnt out 
until I was really, really burned out until I was just, there was the last straw, right? And so how mm-hmm. could our audience listening today avoid that? Like, how can they recognize burnout sooner? What are the typical signs of burnout? Okay, so so I just want to say before I get into that, of just for a moment, you call your people impact drivers. I yeah. think of them as community heroes because uh-huh. you are such an example of the kind of person that wants to give and give and give because you have such a big vision for what's possible mm-hmm. and such a big vision for helping people and making a difference for other people. And it's what leads us into just using ourselves up. So let's talk about how to recognize burnout. First of all, there's recognizing burnout when you're in it big time. And in those cases, I just read a post from someone locally who makes a huge difference. And she said, you know, I think I'm losing my short-term memory. Mm. And she just was having trouble tracking everything. And this is a super organized person who makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. in the world. So crankiness, memory issues, being accident prone. Mm -hmm. You know how when you bang your elbow against the corner of your desk and it really hurts and on a good day, it hurts and you swear and you move on. (laughs) And on a bad day, you feel like you're just going to burst into tears. In fact, there was a day I was headed for clinic and I was late and I decided to run up the stairs to the clinic because the elevator was too packed and there was a line and I just wanted to get there on time. And I tripped on the second stair and banged my shin Mm. and ended up sitting on those stairs and sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. They eventually took me to the ER because I wouldn't stop crying. And it was Uh a hospital and they didn't know what else to do with me, right? (laughs) (laughs) It was just that I was exhausted, right? Yes. So the thing is to recognize it before it gets that far. When you start being unable to manage small issues without losing it, when you get clumsy, when you forget important dates over and over Mm -hmm. when you begin to feel like it doesn't really matter Mm. that no matter how you work it how hard you work it doesn't really matter those are all signs of burnout and the thing to understand about burnout is it does not mean that you're a wimp it does not mean that you're a bad person or have bad values or bad character it means that you need to recharge yeah And you need to step back and take a look at what your resources are and how you can recharge. It's it's just a thing that happens. It's just a thing. And we know what to do when a thing happens. You step back, you assess it, and you regroup. Mm -hmm. If people are saying, boy, you look tired, Mm. that might be an early sign. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, because that's what goes first, right? Like, I I Mm. know. I know my audience. I, I was one of them and I'm talking to them all the time. And that's the first thing that goes. They just stay up a little extra late or mm-hmm. they go back in and check their emails or work on a presentation or work on a plan after they put the kids to bed or they feed their families or they, you know, um, take their dog for a walk, whatever it is. They've got all these obligations in their personal lives and then they 
get back to work late at night. And before you know it, it's midnight and they have to get up at 6 a.m. or something like that. And I'm sorry, but for most people, six hours of sleep is not enough on a regular basis. So that's definitely one I know that they experience a lot. And that is the first sign. And I can usually tell myself because I'll start getting the dark circles under my eyes. And, oh, I'm definitely not getting enough sleep and it's hitting mm-hmm. me. There's, there's a really interesting set of studies on people who get six hours of sleep a night mm. where they compared them to people who had a couple of drinks and they did the same kind of assessments that they would do for driving. In other words, are they making good judgment quickly mm-hmm. are they, and how are their reaction times and how safe are they? Mm-hmm. And what they found is people who are getting six hours of sleep a night consistently flunk those tests. But the really weird thing about that is that they don't know that they are. Mm. They flunk those tests. They're not safe for themselves and other people. They're not safe to drive. They're not safe to make important decisions. They're not safe to operate heavy machinery like cars. But if you ask them, how are you doing? They'll say, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I'm, I'm pretty tough. I'm doing okay. They yeah. don't notice that deterioration. And it, it, there are very, very few human beings who are actually able to function well on that little sleep. It is just a fact. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a good one. And I really want to emphasize that point because I can imagine that most of the people listening are thinking they wouldn't dare get behind the wheel after having a few drinks. And especially now when we have Uber and everything else. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) And and yet every morning when they're commuting to work with five hours of sleep at night or six hours of sleep consistently, that's essentially what they're doing. And even more, would they show up for work having Mm -hmm. had a couple drinks first thing in the morning? Well, I hope I hope not. We shouldn't laugh. If you, <laughs> but One sometimes you might feel hopes. like it because it's so stressful. But yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Wow. So uh, I guess the point is to consider yourself yeah. a resource worth being as careful with as all the other resources that you're careful with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When you consider yourself as entirely expendable in the process of getting everything else done, then your money doesn't match the month. Your resources don't match the month. You'll end up at the end just not quite getting through. Can you get good sleep and still be burned out? That's a good question. I have a friend who has a particularly brittle form of diabetes. Mm-hmm. She is a very high achiever. She's the kind of person that makes lists and then makes lists of her lists and just gets a ton of stuff done Mm -hmm. every day. But what happens because she has this chronic illness and lots of people have chronic illnesses of various kinds. And because it's it's brittle, it, it, it changes from day to day. Her needs for insulin and exactly how many carbs she has to eat and all of that has to be tracked as diligently as everything else. And it gets weird on her really easily. Okay. The, the point is that she does all the right things. She is so careful about how she sleeps and what she eats and how much insulin. But if she takes on an extra project without thinking through the stress of it really carefully, her sugars will go haywire and she'll end up sick. That is a form of burnout because mm-hmm. 
she has an Achilles heel right there. And so right. many of us have Achilles heels around some kind of illness or another. For mm. me, actually, one of my first signs would be that I'd sprain my right ankle again. Yeah. You know, I'd get tired and oh, I'd yeah. stop carrying myself as well. And mm. I'd step off a curb and go down. Yeah. And it'd be like, oh, no, I have pushed myself way too hard. And the place that was weakest in me was my ankle. Later mm. on, when I kept pushing myself, then I started to get asthma on top of that. But that's, that's a whole other story. Well, but and that it, is something that is likely to happen. So it's not right. just, the reason I asked the question is it's not just sleep. That is one big thing. And it's usually where we sacrifice, but there's other signs. And even if you are sleeping well, if you're really still, you can sleep eight hours a night and work all the rest of the hours of your waking exactly, hours exactly. and still be burned out. So exactly. I feel like there's other things like just really pushing it too hard at work, not giving yourself time to take breaks. There's other factors that I think contribute to burnout. Are there any other signs that you would want our audience kind of looking for before we go on to making it even more complicated <laughs> the time of year? I, I think we pretty much covered it. I think we're good. Okay. So on top of the typical burnout of just being a hard driving or impact driving kind of a person like this audience is, we're in a really complicated time of year right now when this is yeah. going live. We are just beginning the big holiday season. Everyone is doing their self-evaluations for their reviews, their, their personal reviews at work. They're trying to achieve last-minute goals for their PMOs or for certain projects. Projects are needing to wrap up. They're in a really intense time. So we've got the holidays coming up. And we have people trying to accomplish the rest of their goals. Sometimes these are even their stretch goals or their BHAGs, their big, hairy, audacious goals that they've set for themselves or for their PMO or for their team for the year. And now here we are, holidays, end of year stress and strain, big goals that we still have to accomplish before the end of this decade. By the way, we're coming into a new decade. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's a lot of pressure and stress. So- the challenge is sometimes, this is what you and I have talked about, is sometimes, sometimes it's not the time to take on a big goal. And sometimes it's not the time to push yourself to these stretch goals. Sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. But you and I have talked about the fact that you've got to know when and how you can effectively use stretch goals and these big audacious goals you want to accomplish to get to the outcomes you're trying to achieve. And when are they just going to cause a lot of additional burnout without getting to the outcome we're expecting. Exactly. And since we're talking about the holidays, one of the things I want you to look at as a stretch goal are your plans for the holidays, mm -hmm. both your plans for your PMO and how your PMO organization is going to celebrate the holidays or mark them for your customers and yourselves. And personally, in your family and your community, what you're taking on for the holidays. This is a wonderful example of a stretch goal that may or may not make sense. And from the description that you just gave, it may not make sense to set big, hairy, audacious goals for how absolutely perfect your mm -hmm. holidays are going to be. 
So I want to I want to jump in here with a study that was published in the Harvard Business Review a little while ago that talked about when stretch goals are something that that creates greatness for a company or a person and when they create failure and the biggest problem the the is when there's a mismatch between resources and the goals that you're setting mm. and if you're talking about someone that is already strongly super stretched and then they want to add the stretch goal of doing something amazing for the holidays it may be something that ends up creating more burnout and creating far less than the experience you want to create. Mm. So what do we do about that? Right. What do we do about that? So two things. I have a, a questionnaire. It's designed for the kind of person who likes to make lists and lists of lists to really look at, will your resources support what you're trying to accomplish? so that you can specifically identify what needs to get fixed, what needs to get rearranged, so you know whether to delay, delete, or to move ahead. So it looks at your own resources, it looks at your the resources, your community resources, it looks at your morale, it looks at your burnout shield, which is the areas that I look at and to strengthen yourself so that you are the strongest to achieve what you want to achieve. Okay, so let's talk about this burnout shield because this sounds fantastic and exactly like what this audience needs as we're going into the holidays. What is the burnout shield? How do we use the burnout shield to protect ourselves while we're handling all of the priorities that need to get accomplished, all of these goals that need to get accomplished, and all of the requirements we have personally. It's really a personal and professional, not just balance. I don't know that there's such a thing as balance really, as much as there is uh, incorporation and integration of your personal and professional lives. How do you do all the things and still protect yourself from burnout, especially in the holiday season? Okay, so let's walk around the burnout shield. The burnout shield has five areas that have been shown in the research to protect you from burnout. And I'm gonna start with reflection and recognition, which is the easiest area to do something about because it basically just involves thinking and taking a moment to think about what's important to you. So that's the reflection part. What are your values and what is most important to you and how is something you're doing today or something that you did do today reflecting and forwarding that value? Mm -hmm. So it can be very simple that you, you, know, you helped someone figure out how to get a goal done so that supporting other people may be one of your personal values. And you can say, you know, I made a difference to someone today. Mm -hmm. Or you can say, I got enough sleep and my value is that I will still be standing at the end of this year, right? right? right. Also recognition. I think the nature of a lot of PMO work is almost like housework. There's a million tasks that have to get done and then have to get done again. And then you have to do them again. It's not like you do it and it's done and you go on to the next thing. It's, right. a, it's a continual around the wheel of, okay, it's done for today and now I have to go back and, and redo it. So setting small goals and 
praising yourself, allowing yourself to celebrate, hey, I got it done today. Mm -hmm. I got this little thing done today because mm -hmm. all of us can use more recognition. Yes. You so know, that's, we've, yeah. that's a really important point. Reflecting, I think one of the things I have a tool called the one hour business manager and the idea with it is that you take time to reflect and you incorporate reflection into your schedule and make yeah, sure that you you're go. taking the time to reflect on where have we been? What did we expect to accomplish? What did we actually accomplish? What do we need to accomplish? And what order do those things need to happen in? And taking the time to celebrate our wins, especially all of us that are list makers. I actually make lists like crazy. And then I go ahead and I just erase that list and then start mm -hmm. a new one. And oh, I, don't even, and and I don't even take the time to reflect on, okay, what are the things that I did that actually, okay, I got a win here. Let's acknowledge that before we move on. And so I've been trying to get better about that because it does, I think for me personally, help prevent burnout because I get burnout when I feel like I'm spinning and not getting things done. I get a high from accomplishment. And I know a lot of my impact yes. drivers feel the same way. They get a high from and, and a, you know, a good, strong feeling, motivation by accomplishing something. So we do need to take time to acknowledge that we did accomplish something and reward and recognize that even in ourselves and especially with our teams. That's so important to all of you listening that have teams and you have teams, whether you think you have teams or not, because whether they report directly to you or not, your PMO community is your team, making sure that they're also feeling rewarded and recognized, especially right now. And you can't do that unless you take the time to reflect on what has been accomplished and take a minute to look around you and see what others are doing. So I think that's really, really important and applies so directly to this audience. So I have a really simple hack for this thing of erasing things from your list, which I used to do all the time and it would make me feel like nothing was ever done and like I'd never, ever accomplished <laughs> anything. Yeah. Instead of erasing it, highlight it and, do, and mark it as a strike through. Oh. It still disappears from your list in terms of something you have to read again, but at the end of your day or the end of your week, you've got this long list of stuff with strike throughs, the line through the middle of it. Yeah. And you can just look at it and say, wow, my list is still long, but look at all the stuff I've crossed off. Wow, that's and it great. makes a huge difference to your sense of achievement yeah yeah exactly and we're big achievers here so we love yeah. that so yeah and and that's why we write things down to then cross them off don't ever feel bad if you do that by the way it's a little mini opportunity for you to reflect and reward yourself and reflect and exactly. give yourself recognition so exactly. keep on doing it all of you list makers out there and you know who you are <laughs> <laughs> encourage your team to do it it would be a great thing to bring to your evaluations look at what i crossed off right exactly <laughs> exactly right okay so what else you got on this burnout shield? Okay, so the next thing is self-care. Mm -hmm. And we've already mentioned one of the most important ones for, for community heroes or impact drivers, and that is getting enough rest. Yeah. I would say the next one is hydration. Just make sure you're drinking enough fluids. It makes a huge difference. And the next one after that is remembering to pee. <laughs> did you just say that? I did just say that. As a nurse, I can tell you that it's not good for you to hold it for a really long time. And I know a lot of people that won't drink enough fluids because then they say I end up in the bathroom a lot. But I'm telling you, 
your brain doesn't work right if you're not drinking enough fluids. Yes, you've got to be hydrated. That is so true. I drink probably at least a gallon of water a day. And if I don't, I just can't function. Um, yes, exactly. I feel tired if I don't get enough water. So, and that's the thing, all of you caffeinators out there with your coffee, your tea, your sodas, that's fine. But every time you drink one of those things, you've got to double the amount of water you need to take in as a result, because all of those are dehydrators yes. and it doesn't count as those fluids. You still need to get eight, eight ounce glasses. I think I, you know, I think you got to go a lot more than that. If you're a hard driving person, you've got to add more water to keep feeding you just like a plant needs to keep growing. If you're going to be going hundred miles an hour, you've got to make sure you're staying hydrated just like an athlete would. Here's, here's another couple hacks with that. One is that if you're not drinking enough, your body may make you hungry before it makes you thirsty. It does. So if you find you're snacking ridiculously, you know, and you're wondering why the heck am I snacking when I know I don't need these calories or I don't need this kind of calories, try drinking a glass of water and giving it 10 minutes mm -hmm. and see if it was really that you were thirsty rather than hungry. That, that is such that a is, good one. Yeah. So that, that may be something that really, and then the next thing that I would add in self-care, normally exercise goes on this list. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be a little counterintuitive here. If you're that tired, if you're that close to burned out, be very careful about exercise because that's a place that you can get injured. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So sleep first, hydrate. Sleep Right. And then, then exercise. exercise. Right, okay. right. It's not that I think exercise is bad. I think exercise is wonderful. But you can put yourself at risk if you try, if you make it just another thing you have to push yourself through. Well, and you don't have to run a marathon or go to a body pump class in order to exercise. You can start by just taking a walk. And I can tell you when I feel burned out, when I feel tired, when I feel like I am just pushing it too hard or, you know, I can't think if I go take a 15 minute walk around the neighborhood or around the office, depending on what I'm doing, or sometimes mm -hmm. when I'm with my clients, I'll say, let's go outside and get a walk if we're stuck on a problem. And yeah. that can give you an entirely new perspective, get your brain flowing again, get your thoughts flowing and, you know, help kind of counteract that burnout. So that's one of my top tips for when you're feeling that and you're in the middle of the day and you don't have time to go take a nap under your desk, go get 15 minutes of exercise and just walk. You don't have to run. You don't have to run in your heels or your suits. <laughs> just <laughs> go take a walk around the block and you'll feel the fresh air and all of that I think will help. And if you possibly can go somewhere where there's some greenery, some nature, yes. because even if it's a potted plant if you, or looking out the window mm -hmm. at greenery and nature, wherever you can find it, that really does make a difference to your ability to think and to your ability to, to regroup and come back to a problem fresh. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, so okay. that I would add that nature to your self-care. Yes, okay. exactly. All right. What's next? Next is capacity. Okay. And that means how full is your bucket? And this is where you get to look at some of these projects that you're, you're thinking of adding on or increasing your scope or doing more for the holidays or whatever it is. How full is your bucket already? Mm. How, how full is your plate? And if you are already feeling like you are not 
managing everything as well as you you like the thing to do is what can you delay or delegate or just drop so de delay delegate and drop are your friends here if you're feeling like uh, you're at capacity rather than adding still more things that's great so, and you know with that I because I, I don't feel like I can ever delay anything or drop anything or delegate anything. That's like my, my human, my nature, my nature is that way. But mm -hmm. what I've done is I've learned to ask some really pointed questions of myself. Like exactly. if I'm afraid to delay something, what happens if I delay this right now? What happens if this doesn't happen right now? What is the impact if I wait a week to do this? Mm -hmm. And often I find that I am my own worst enemy. And so the things that I am just like, it has to happen right now and it's so important. And it really wouldn't make an impact or a difference at all if it waited a week, except for I would have more sanity. So I have learned <laughs> to use the delegate delay tactics to help myself kind of avoid the burnout. I'm going to skip in the order that I usually do it because the last area, and we'll come back to the fifth one in a second, is coping skills. And the mm. coping skills area really has to do with asking better questions, mm. right? So we have certain go-to ways that we cope with difficult situations and backing up and saying, does this really make sense? to do right now or to take on right now or to get upset about right now? Mm. Is this really necessary for my well-being or the well-being of the project? Mm. And so for this one, besides asking great questions, the other one that I would suggest is looking for a way to take a moment to be grateful. A mm. lot of times it's very hard to be negative and be grateful at the same time. So finding something to be grateful about and I'll tell you, there was a very, very low point in my life when someone asked me to find something to be grateful about. And at the time, the only thing that I could think of to say was, I have thumbs. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I was in a bad way, but it actually did take me a half a notch up. I am glad I have thumbs. Right? <laughs> and it works at whatever level you're coming at it from. If you can find something to be grateful for, it takes you up a notch. And then you can look for one more thing to mm -hmm. be grateful for, and it takes you up a notch. So that's, that's a coping great. skill I strongly recommend. That's great. I love it. And it doesn't have to be big things, which I think is your point. Yes. You don't have to say, well, you know, I'm grateful for all of these big things. It can just be, I'm grateful that it's sunny outside today. Yes. You know, that actually, I was experiencing some pretty serious burnout this summer, as you know, because I was in the middle of doing recordings for our summit. We had some major delays with our move and we're pretty much left homeless for a month while I was trying to record all of these videos for the summit and, you know, deliver some things for clients. And I was feeling pretty frustrated and we had moved our whole family and our business a thousand miles. And it just felt like Murphy hadn't just come to visit. He literally moved in with us. <laughs> Murphy's law affected all of the things, everything, silly little things to huge things. And it got comical, quite frankly, because there was just so much of it. And then on top of all the things 
there was a hurricane coming right at us. A Category 5 hurricane barreling directly towards us. <laughs> and it was just like, are you kidding me? I was going to dare uh, Dorian to come near us because we were just in such a way. Anyway, so I remember, and I may even said it to you when we recorded your session, I'm just happy there's palm trees outside. I'm just happy there's beautiful, fluffy clouds and the weather here is so wonderful. I had to find little things that would help me remember that it's all okay and that this is just a moment. This isn't the way things are going to be forever. So yes, although exactly. things are you know stressful and exhausting and all this is going on, it really does help you cope with the tough times because there will be tough times. And that will continue. That's a guarantee that the, you know, things will change. You'll have good times. You'll have bad times. That's life. But how you find those moments to cope with it when it's chaos, when Murphy has moved in with you, if you can find a way <laughs> to just be grateful for the palm trees, I think it can make mm -hmm. all the difference in the world. And maybe yes, for you, beautiful. it's the beautiful mountains. Maybe it's that you can go stand outside barefoot under a tree for five minutes, whatever the thing is. Go find your thing that makes you happy to be alive. And it can be as simple as palm trees or fluffy clouds outside, whatever it takes. But that's definitely my, my two cents based on what you're hearing and what I tried to do myself when things got completely out of control this year. Absolutely. And I would add one more thing to that is when you're looking for self, looking at your self-soothing behaviors, mm -hmm. are they restorative or destructive? Yeah. Absolutely. And so the, <laughs> you're in Florida right now, so you can go stand barefoot under a palm tree if you want. But <laughs> I'm in the Pacific Northwest, and if I were barefoot outside right now, uh, uh, that would not be a restorative behavior. So <laughs> it's, really it's all relative, right? Well, yeah. I, well, maybe it would wake you up a little. <laughs> maybe, maybe it would. That's great. Maybe it okay, so, so tell me about this last. The uh, last one is community. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it strikes at some of the heart of what you were talking about a little while ago. I think an essential piece here is asking for help. Yeah. Asking for help. We are so good at being self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. We are so good at deciding that the easiest way to get it done is to do it ourselves. Yeah. And being able to ask for help, to ask for help at home, even starting with what level of holiday would be enough for us to feel like we've celebrated without feeling like any of us have poured out energy we haven't got to yeah. make it happen. Yeah. And then how are we going to do that together? That's really great. And I think that for PMO leaders, this is a really good one because many of us are naturally in a position to be a community builder because yes. we are creating a culture of project management in our organizations. We may or may not have people reporting directly to us, but like I mentioned earlier, you still have a team, you still have a community. You have all of the people that are managing projects in the organization, either formally or informally, they're there and they need your help and your support. So what can you do to build a culture of collaboration and community and supporting each other. I think that that is an incredible opportunity for us to kind of step up as PMO leaders, step up into the role of community builder. And quite frankly, you'll get as much from it as they will get from it as well. I can tell you with my Impact Engine PMO training program, the coaching level allows for people to 
be in a community together. And like I mentioned, we had a group coaching session this morning. Half of the time was spent with them supporting each other. And it was so beautiful to watch. One of the students had a question. They needed a resource. One other person jumped in saying, hey, I uploaded that to the community, you know, to our forum. You go check it out. Here's how you can use it. Let me show you. Can I share on the screen? I mean, they like took over the meeting. It was awesome. (laughs) And then another one said, hey, I'm using that resource that so-and-so posted. And it's awesome. And it's working for me this way. And so they just... It, the, the community has taken over its own support system for each other, especially for us that are PMO leaders. That's a very lonely role, right? So mm-hmm. in organizations, many times they're the only person in that role in the whole company. And even if there are others in that role, there's not many that are in the leadership role. They might have big teams, but it's usually all falls on their shoulders, the PMO leader. So if they can find a way to communicate and to support each other, they're going to jump on that. And there's so much reward from that. The student that did the sharing said that she just felt like it was so wonderful for her to share with others in the program and to be able to give back and share her learnings because she's learned so much from me and from, you know, from, from the program. So I, I see that all day long. And for me, I find that incredibly rewarding as a community leader. And so I think that all of the PMO leaders listening, this is an incredible opportunity for you to foster recovery, reward, recognition, coping with the tough times, getting each other's back, building up your energy stores for, for all of those in the community, but also for yourself. I love that. That is such a strong testament to how community can make a difference to really strengthen your shield and, and keep you away from burnout by giving you the help and support and recognition that you need. Absolutely. Wow. This is great. Okay. So there were five components to this. There was reflection and recognition. There was capacity and managing your capacity. Mm -hmm. We talked about self-care, which is super important. And I know everybody that's listening is saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know self-care, but are you doing it? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And I would say on the reflection and recognition thing as well, people think that's so simple. How can it possibly be strong enough to make a difference? It makes a huge difference. It's worth it. And it's so easy. Exactly, exactly. And then on top of that, we've got our coping skills, right? And finding Mm -hmm. ways to cope and healthy ways to cope and find the find the silver lining and then community and being a community builder and finding your own community, finding your tribe that can help support you. And all of those components together make up what you call the burnout shield. Right. Right. Exactly. So this is awesome. Now for all of those that are listening and they're thinking, all right, I need this. I need, (laughs) I need this burnout shield. I want to find out more about both, protecting myself and building my burnout shield, as well as uh, you also have a resource to help them with assessing the um, stretch goals and their audacious goals. And if those goals are going to help actually move them forward or become more of a hindrance, right? Yes, exactly. So the, the, handout is called is now a good time it's your big hairy audacious goal self-assessment and it's actually three assessments it looks at what your resources are for the for your for the goal that you're setting it looks at your burnout shield and then it looks at how 
trying to take on a, another big goal will affect your burnout shield, how likely you are to be able to manage it. So there's a lot of great questions on there. It's also got the resource, it's got a, a short assessment for the burnout shield and it will have, it does have a link to a more complete assessment of the burnout shield that you can do online. So there's a lot of great resources in here and it might be something to share with your team as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So can you tell them how they can download this resource? Oh, sure. And we'll make so, sure to include it in the show notes as well. Okay. So on my website, burnout-solutions.com, so burnout solutions with a hyphen in between the two words, dot com slash stretch goals. And it's right there. That's fantastic, Beth. Thank you so much for sharing this with the audience. So they just go to burnout-solutions.com forward slash stretch goals stretch goals. Awesome. Thank you so much, Beth. I really appreciate your time and walking through all of these different ways that we can help protect ourselves and make sure that we avoid burnout and still accomplish our big goals as we head into this holiday season or really any time of year. This is fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. You are so welcome. All right, all of you impact drivers, I hope this has given you some ideas for helping you accomplish your goals and avoid burnout in the process. Because I know all of you are impact drivers and you want to keep doing bigger things and helping people make a big impact in the world. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you really enjoyed this session and I hope you find ways to put on your burnout shield as we head into this holiday season. Bye-bye for now.